And today we're going to be talking about the title track from Emancipation, the final song, 36 tracks, you've made it, you finally got to the end, three hours long, three CDs, three cassettes, uh, we're finally at the end, Prince is finally free, he is <laughs> emancipated, uh, this is Emancipation. Uh, recorded in 1995 at Paisley Park and released on the 19th of November 1996, on the track it is just Prince, because he's free. And the track is 4 minutes 12 and joining me to talk about it today is Niall McGowan, hello Niall. Hello, Darren. Now, for a genre song, as I did for the final track of disc two, I'm going to call this A Purple Rain. Mm. Um, this is most blatantly Prince's attempt. I mean, I say most blatant, but like the previous album that came out, Chaos and Disorder, you know, was kind of a contractual obligation. So we didn't really do much on that in terms of, you know, trying to make a big splash. But Gold, the final track of that is called Gold. And that is like seven minutes long. And that is also A Purple Rain. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this song's, you know, comparatively short. I would have thought it would have gone on for like another two or three minutes. Uh, but obviously Prince is, is limiting himself to exactly 60 minutes per disc. So, um, you know, unless he kind of trims down a couple of earlier songs, um, maybe style, he probably could have lost a minute from that. Um, <laughs> he's not going to get this longer than f- exactly four minutes, 12, you know. And we finish with like kind of uh, door closing or some kind of sound effect to kind of, you know, close the album off. Um, you know, Prince is making it very clear this is the finish. Um, you know, and he does actually name check Purple Rain. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> you know, a number of times mm. uh, throughout the album, and of course the al- you know the song finishes with him singing "Emancipation," free. Don't think I ain't, <laughs> and that's like probably my favorite thing in this entire song is just the fact that he's kind of so casual at the very end of being like. Yep, I'm definitely free. <laughs> yeah. um, this is like, almost like exhaustion, though. It's like, it's been three CDs. Yep. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm emancipated. We are, we are all free from, you know, Prince singing any more songs. Um, <laughs> though, you know, the irony is that, uh, you know, this is the third album of this year. So you already had Chaos and Disorder. You already had Girl 6. A year before this, you had Gold. <laughs> so in the space of 12 months, he's released four albums. Mm. Um, and and then, you know, 14 minutes, months after, after this, he releases Crystal Ball and the Truth, which is another 42 songs. So, <laughs> must have been like, there must have been some Prince fans who were just like, please, like, just I, I, I can barely remember the songs on the last album. I have only listened to it, I only had the time to listen to it all the way through once. In fact, you know, there was a, a rather memorable review in Q Magazine when this came out, which I think, if I remember rightly, and this is, you know, my knowledge from 22 years ago, was written by Stuart McConey. He basically said, you know, he praised the album. He said it was great. You know, he, he really enjoyed a lot of the songs. And he said, but, you know, what you're going to need to do first is, you know, get yourself a weekend where you're free, possibly a bank holiday weekend. Uh, get yourself a tent, pitch it out the back, and then just, you know, spend the weekend just listening to this album. Like, really take it in. Um, because, you know, it's 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 not something that you can kind of just do in, like, you know, 40 minutes. This is like a, a full journey. And, you know, at the end of the journey, Prince makes it clear what the whole album was about, as if the cover with his his wrists broken from the chains was not driving it home enough, um, as if opening this disc with a song called Slave was not enough. Um, Prince <laughs> is here to tell you, ever since I was a little baby, 
I've had to double everything. When they tell me that's enough, that's when I fill my cup. To the top, Johnny, hear me sing. This idea of Prince, like, having double of everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, it, it, yeah, because the fact that the idea of, like, emancipation brings you immediately to the concept of, like, oh, slavery. And then hearing, ever since I was a little baby, I had to have double of everything. I was like, that sounds like someone who's incredibly privileged. Like, that doesn't sound like someone who's in any kind of slavery at all. At all. Uh, I think it's weird because, actually, you know, like, that might be, like, a kind of oblique reference to the fact that, you know, his parents divorced when he was around, I think oh, was around 12 yeah. or 13. Okay. Going between those two homes, he was able to have double of everything. As, as, as little as that may have been, because, you know, both his parents were, you know, singers, so I'm not quite sure how much money they were actually making. <laughs> Um, and Prince has told stories of when he was younger, kind of, you know, having to kind of wear clothes until they basically wore out um, and having hand-me-downs from like, uh, you know, kind of uh, his, both his parents remarried. So kind of like from stepbrothers and stepsisters kind of like wearing hand-me-down clothes. It's like all, all, the, all these pieces of information are just like they're, they really are informing the picture of the man who, who appeared years later with two tailors on staff of this like never again, <laughs> never again. Yeah. Yeah, this is so. I think it's. I think it's interesting where he's saying he had to have double of everything. Prince didn't have like a hugely privileged childhood. You know, he wasn't like the poorest of the poor, but at the same time, you know, he didn't have a lot when he was a child. So I think it's interesting that he's kind of, you know, kind of painting his his childhood in this light and kind of making it out that you know, like he had double of everything. Mm. Um, but at the same time, this also might be a kind of reference to Warner Brothers. Um, you know, because there were various times during Prince's career where Prince wanted to release more music and, you know, they reluctantly agreed to 1999 being a double album. And then, you know, when it came to Purple Rain, they actually wanted Prince to release a triple album. And he, he said, no, no, I'll just release a single album. And he kind of whittled it down to the, the nine songs that made up that album. Um, and then when he wanted to release a triple album with, um, you know, uh, Dream Factory, Warner Brothers said no, and he ended up releasing a double album with Silent Times. So there's this been this weird kind of like, you know, um, push and pull between, um, you know, Warner Brothers and Prince, where he's always wanting to release more music, and they've kind of always had to hold him back. So, you know, this this song, you know, is kind of mostly about his freedom from Warner Brothers. Yeah. So I feel like even though it sounds like he's talking about ever since I was a little baby... I feel like that little baby is, you know, the 20-year-old prince who signed a contract with Warner Brothers. Like, I don't think he's talking about being a kid here. I think this is him talking about how, you know, his contract, you know, was was kind of restricted in this way. And I find it interesting when he says, you know, Johnny, hear me sing. Because mm. at the first glance, I'm like, who is Johnny? Yeah, <laughs> because Johnny comes up. Like throughout the entire song, yeah, I remember like, every time because I've been uh, rewatching um, the third season of Twin Peaks, and like, every time I was sitting like listening to the song, it brought to mind that bit of um, Agent like, or the evil Cooper when he's talking to the the the, te- the the teapot about Judy, and he keeps going like, "Who is Judy? Who is Judy?" <laughs> I was just sitting listening to the song, I was like, "Who is Johnny? Yeah. Who is Johnny Death?" And we get the chorus, which tells us, "Emancipation, free to do what I want to do. Emancipation, see." You in the purple rain, and that is how he sings it. He like I don't know why he holds on the C. Mm. Emancipation, free to do what I want to do. Emancipation, break the chain, break the chain. It must have been like for like long term Prince fans, it's like him saying, you know, see you in the purple rain. It's like, oh, he said it, <laughs> he said it again. Yeah, the... I was just gonna ask, like, uh, what 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 is the relevance then of him 
calling back to because you know purple rain within the song itself it's supposed to be about like sort of like the apocalypse isn't it that they say about the fire in the sky mixed with the blue and then the rain that comes down at the end of the world is purple rain and stuff um i was wondering is it supposed to be alluding back to that or is this like a contractual sort of thing about like well you know referring back to something he made with warner brothers now that he's emancipated quote unquote uh like, what, what exactly is you know the relevance of him bringing back like one of the, probably like you know beyond like 1999 and stuff like probably one of his most iconic lyrics I, I mean to me i think it's just a bit of fan service i think he's just like you know because <laughs> the thing is like break the chain does kind of rhyme with purple rain but i'm sure there's other things that he could have said other than purple rain but it's just one of those things where it's like prince rarely you know he rarely refers back to his past um you know most of his songs it's kind of like he, he like each album exists as if the previous album never happened and, you know, mm. he's always kind of been in the moment. And so I think it's interesting that this is the point at which he's like, you know, he, he didn't want to do a Greatest Hits compilation. You know, Warner's kind of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, strong armed him into doing that. Um, and then they paid him to leave the country so he wouldn't bad mayor it. Um, so, <laughs> like, the fact that he's referring back to Purple Rain here, it feels like he's like now that he doesn't like, he's not obligated to kind of promote stuff for Warner Brothers. It feels like he's he's comfortable enough now referring to his past. And, you know, mm. uh, from this point on, there are quite a few songs that will refer to other songs. Um, you know, like, it, it, it because it, you know, it, on one of his final albums, there's a song called Million Dollar Show, which quotes four or five other songs from, you know, his earlier days in, with Warner Brothers. So it's like, he it, at this point, it feels to me like he's comfortable kind of referring to his past. Whereas previously mm. he always wanted to kind of be just in the moment and not really, not really, not not pretend that he didn't have any previous albums, but just kind of make it clear that the album that's out now is the one he wants to talk about and the one he wants to promote. Mm. Prince, Prince always did strike me as that type of because he's so prolific and because you know his output is so massive and so varied. Like I, I do remember, um, like a, a friend of my brother's. In the mid '90s, apparently, went to see David Bowie play Belfast, and he said, and he's a massive Bowie fan. He said it was like one of the worst gigs he's ever seen because it was all new material, all mid '90s Bowie material. No callbacks to like, you know, you, you weren't gonna get Space Odyssey out of, or Space Space Oddity out of him or anything. It was all like, no, it's me. This is the new stuff. I'm not doing any of that old stuff. And like, he's like, no, I, you know, the. the fan of that album but i was there for the whole bowie experience and prince struck he strikes me as that type like he would be if you went to him in concert there's no guarantee that you would get one of your favorite prince tunes because he would be so focused on like well i've got so many songs you know like i'm not <laughs> gonna play the hits yeah but uh i mean that that was kind of like he he didn't want to turn into like a greatest hits artist that's the thing that he wanted to avoid at all costs so a lot of his set lists would tend towards the the most recent album um and you know in some cases like to the point of not playing anything from warner brothers for a while <laughs> and it was kind of like well like what am i here to hear you know like and, he, and prince would always be like well the you know the newest material that is the thing that he wanted to promote he didn't care about something from 20 years ago so it is odd mm. that he actually quotes i mean it's not just saying see you in the purple rain like that's a quote from the song that's a line from purple rain <laughs> so he's not just acknowledging the song he's he's quoting himself uh, which I've got to be honest with you, it's something that I, w I wish that Prince would do more often, you know, when he started getting into like doing rapping, it, it, I, like Sam, if he'd sampled himself, I feel like that would be a stronger, like he, he would kind of come up with new beats and stuff. And you, you were always like, well, this is not as strong as it could be, but it's like, well, if he would just used like the riff to kiss and rapped over that, it would have been a stronger thing. Yeah. But, like he was never going to do that because he would never want to like reuse his old songs in that way. I would, uh, I, w I would be remiss if I didn't mention though, like speaking of riffs, 
uh, the thing that really hooked me into the song was the the bass riff. Yeah, like, that's a really it's a it's a fantastic bass line. It really <laughs> like you, you know it has sort of a little bit of a sort of tinkly intro, and then as soon as that bass kicks in, it's like ooh, oh my goodness, <laughs> like it instantly instantly gets your head bopping. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, it's weird actually because like you know when you think of like Purple Rain, you think of like the prominent guitars, and so with this song, it's really weird that he did go for like a really kind of like heavy bass line. Because it's like, well, that's not what you usually think of Prince as doing. Like, you don't really think of him as a bassist. But, you know, he would play the bass, you know, quite often on most of his songs. So uh, it's kind of interesting that for some reason he just decided, oh, yeah, this is going to be my showcase for my bass playing. Just this this one song, you know, I'll just I'll just play the bass on it, you know. But, yeah, no, it is, it's a really, like, the production of the song is really, is really strong. You know, it's like, it's not like Prince has... Is just kind of deciding to throw this in at the last minute. You know, this is obviously he's put some thought into kind of you know making this song. Yeah, it was, you would assume with like the the title track, like you want to make sure like oh this is a song that like I'm not just throwing this out over a weekend. It's like this one, this is one of the ones that I've actually put a a lot of effort into every aspect of. I mean, the weird thing is this wasn't the title track for a long time on this album. <laughs> there are, oh, there, oh. Are, there are earlier incarnations of this album, like earlier kind of set lists of this album where. Like, you take a look at what songs are on there, and, you know, Emancipation wasn't on until, like, towards the end. Um, you mm. know, there are, there's, like, a, you know, there's, a, there's an earlier version of the album, um, you know, which, which has other songs as the climax. Um, you know, uh, I think one of which was called Goodbye, which, you know, in the end was taken off and put on a different album. Um, you know, and, you know, there was even a, a song called Funky Design, which was meant to be the final song. So, like, you know, the, the, the like the title of this album was not always destined to be Emancipation. I think it was only once Prince moved it to the end of the third disc that it kind of became obvious mm. that that was, you know, what he wanted to call the album. There were, a few, you know, there were a few other titles kind of kicking around before he kind of landed on that. Um but you know, it's kind of similar with you know some other Prince albums. You know, like the kind of the song that ends up being the thing that you think the album was about ends up being the final song that Prince recorded, and it was just a last minute thing that he just threw on there. Um, so you know, obviously he'd recorded this song in '95, but it wasn't really to, until we got towards the end of the process of what Emancipation was going to be before he was like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess this is the title track then. <laughs> like just a last minute thought. Um, but yeah, he says ever since Eve did unto Adam, <laughs> which I, I which I think is a nice way of summing up, you know, uh, the fall of man. Uh, mm. What somebody being shown of doing to me? I just said because I'm looking at the the lyrics as well. It's just like has after that in brackets. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, I've been trying to break the chain, get my little ass out the game. I'd rather sing with a bit more harmony. Uh, so again, mm. I mean, you know, explicitly about the Warner Bros. contract, I feel, um, you know, but I like the fact that he refers to his little ass, you know, like, uh, you know, Prince, <laughs> Prince is, 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 if nothing but modest, you know, he's like, my little ass has been trying to get out of the game. Um, and then, you know, when we had the final kind of, um, you know, I think it's like the middle eight where he has Johnny Please, when I was on my knees, my back was broken and my spirit, spirit ill at ease. And now it seems just like the autumn leaves. Your money's turned from green to brown, and you now you best believe emancipation mm. free to do that. That, that, that would make me think that, like, I know you're saying you well, you think that Johnny would be Johnny Carson, but that would make me think like it's almost like a a, a personal thing with some guy called Johnny who was like one of the Warner Brother execs or something, like someone who was handling the deals, and like he came to him, yeah, you know, begging for money at some point, and then it's like, well, I don't your money's. Turn from green to brown. Now that's old news. I don't need you anymore. And um, 
as if there might have been like yeah a WB exec called like Jonathan something or other listening to this and like wait a minute he's talking about me yeah I I uh, think the thing is uh you know Prince is is kind of like a bit uh, like. I don't think he's ever kind of... I mean, there was one song where he explicitly called out a music critic, although he hid it very carefully in the lyrics. Um, but yeah, he's not... I, it's funny because I don't think he's really... At, at this point, I don't think there's one person in Warner Brothers that kind of was the reason why he he kind of wanted to get out of the deal. It was mostly the fact that people who he'd known for, you know, 10, 12 years had left Warner Brothers. And so he mm. didn't really... That was like... When people asked him what the issue was, like one of the things he said was, I didn't really know anyone there anymore. And I think that was like the main problem. So I, I think it's less that he would take a shot at a specific executive, but more the fact that he didn't know any of the executives anyway. So it's kind of like, <laughs> if I knew someone I could have taken a shot at, then I probably would have done that. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the Johnny thing, I don't know. Like, it just, it just feels to me like maybe... Maybe it is Johnny Carson, maybe it isn't. But like... In the first, in the first verse, it feels like it might be a reference to Johnny Carson because it, you know, saying to someone, "Hear me sing," but here it just feels like he's using the name just because, you know, it fits the syllables. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I like that middle eight as well. You know, I think, although at the same time, you know, uh, something obviously which you know we haven't mentioned yet, but the idea of comparing yourself in a record contract to being a slave, and saying mm. that you're on your knees, your back is broken, like. I, I don't think so, Prince. Like, at this particular point, you're living in Paisley Park and you're married to Maite and she's pregnant <laughs> with your child and, you know, you've just signed a $100 million record contract. Mm. I don't class any of that as being on your knees, you know? It's like at the, uh, the beginning of um, Titanic with, like, when Rose's voiceover is going on about, like, oh, I was, I was on a slave ship wrapped in chains. And you're, like, <laughs> you're an incredibly rich white woman that's <laughs> like you don't want to be evoking slavery here woman all right yeah like, you're, like, you, you don't have the right to compare yourself to anything <laughs> to do with that yeah your, your predicament is definitely not one equal to people who were enslaved um, and I, th- yeah. I think that was an issue that some people took with prince putting you know slave on his cheek you know mm. like there were other artists at this time who were in record contract disputes you know in particular you know george michael and you know they didn't feel the need to write slave on their cheek oh you know at the same time too if you if you just if you are, it, you know, it can just be very frustrating, I guess, as well. If you're just like, you just want to do your thing, but you're just like, nope, you're under, you've got so many different things holding you down. It's like internally, what other way you have to like just get it out somehow? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- yeah, I think the weirdest thing is though, this is at a point where you know, in in 1995, Prince released Gold and he released Exodus under the name MPG, although you know he he, he pretended to be Tora Tora to get that out. So he released two albums the year before. He released three albums this year. He was selling the compilation 1-800-NEW-FUNK uh, via his telephone line, 1-800-NEW-FUNK. Um, and also via 1-800-NEW-FUNK, you could buy Maite's <laughs> debut album, uh, which he'd put out, Carmen Electra's debut album, which he'd also you know, mostly recorded, and also the triple disc um, you know, Crystal Ball, which included a bonus album called The Truth. So in the space of roughly two years, Prince put out, you know, close to 100 songs. So it's like, I don't like you're in the position where I like. And then and then in, in, you know, in 1998, he also put out New Power Soul under the guise of New Power Generation. So that was like another 12 tracks. So it's like he's putting out so much music in such a short space of time that there's no way you can say you know, he's not being allowed to release what he wants to release. It's like Prince, you're literally yeah. re- releasing so much music. 
nobody can keep up with you anymore. Like we are, we've we've lost track of, of all the music. So it's like I don't view that as slavery. I don't view being able to put out like 120 songs in the space of 14 months as a form of slavery. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. Yeah. So um, I I do kind of wish though that like one of the things he couldn't do was like he he couldn't get that um, was it one eight uh, hundred funk you say you call one eight hundred new funk. Yeah. One eight hundred new funk. It's like I wish he couldn't. He couldn't have got that number. It was like <laughs> yeah, you have to bring the. You have to bring like seven six five new funk. It's like yeah, we'd already printed up all the album, all all the like the promo stuff. It's like we didn't check if we could actually get that uh, that number. <laughs> so uh, yeah, ironically, it's a completely different thing. But yeah, and then he's just like <laughs> coming out and, like trying to write that on his cheek and trying to explain <laughs> the whole thing to people. Yeah, I I I think I think it's funny because you know like you know once he was free, his method of distribution became that telephone number like that was how people bought his music for like the next couple of years and then that mm. turned into the mpg music club which was you know his website that he had um you know and also he released a song called welcome to the dawn um which you know he also mentioned the dawn.com as you know the website we could also purchase all of these albums so you know he like as soon as he was free he literally was just selling music left right and center and you know it's one of those things where people felt that like the quality control took a bit of a dip because he was just releasing song after song after song after song. I think I, that's why, like, obviously we had, you know an exception with a lot of your listeners and like you yourself, but like Prince to me is in my mind someone who's not, like you know hardcore fan. He, he does strike me as like oh Prince is very much an '80s Warner Brothers era person because that's when it's like his most memorable stuff came out. Yeah, a lot of the '90s material because there's so much of it maybe. Not enough of it had like a, a like even maybe the time to stick. Yeah. Where it was because it's, it's like it, so much stuff coming out all the time. There wasn't enough time in the culture for it to resonate with people to be like, this is the new Prince hit. It's more like, oh, he's had like five singles out since I just said that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> I I know I I really enjoy this song. I feel you know I feel like it is maybe a little short. I mean you know not something that I would have said about a lot of songs on this album. Um, you know, a lot of them do kind of seem to be going on for an extra minute just to get it up to the 60 minutes per disc. Um, <laughs> but in this case, I think I probably could have done with like another verse and chorus, um, you know. And I, of course, I, I like when a song finishes with the title. So the fact that we get Prince singing Emancipation at the very end, like and kind of giving us the, the title one more time. It's like, yeah, this is the album I have been listening to is Emancipation. Mm. <laughs> so it's a nice little <laughs> reminder uh, that we're kind of we're done with this album. Um, and unusually, even though this is like the title track and the big finish to this album, Prince only ever played this song, you know, live once in 1996. And then he did it at three kind of performances, uh, including the the uh, the N the NA, the NAACP Image Awards and at the Brit Awards on the 24th of February 1997. He he lip synced to to kind of pre-recorded performances um at, at like three events and that was pretty much it he never performed the song again which for the song that is the mm. title track of the first album released you know as he was free you would think he would perform it more often or it would have been a more of a staple in his you know in his um set list but uh no just three performances <laughs> and that was the end of it like never <laughs> performed again and the weirdest thing is i remember prince appearing at those 1997 brit awards like kind of out of nowhere and kind of being surprised because I wasn't really paying attention to the Brit Awards and you know I also wouldn't have thought that Prince would have made an appearance um but then uh, apparently you know uh 72 hours before the show they didn't even know Prince was going to make an appearance either 
Um, so, so apparently he turned up on the 22nd of February 1997, um, you know, recorded a live performance and then he said that, you know, obviously the easiest way, because of the way that the Brit Wards at the time were working, the easiest way for them to, you know, be able to do it was for Prince to then lip sync to that live performance. So, you know, that's what he did. Um, right. That makes it sound like there was some very like stressed producers though sitting around. It's like, oh, we've got this nice show lined up, and then Prince just landed on top of them, just like, oh, by the way, I'm performing, and they're like, we can't. Can we say no to Prince? <laughs> no, he wants to perform. All right. You, you, and then you, after a while, they're just yeah, like, you, you cannot say no to Prince. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just he just turns up with his band and he's like, I am performing now at these awards. Um, yeah, mm. so it was it, like the introduction of the song was actually 1999 that Prince started out with the, you know, uh, don't worry, I won't hurt you, I only want to have some fun. And then in the middle of Emancipation, he also added We March um, and mm. kind of in, in, incorporated that, which was, you know, from gold. Yeah. And, you know, basically it was like a five minute performance. Uh, he spent a couple of hours rehearsing it on the Saturday and recording it. Um, uh, apparently the Manic Street Peaches had set up beforehand and the Fugees arrived afterwards for their rehearsal um, and then you know Prince went and performed it a couple of days later and that was it that was the last time he performed the song ever and it's just so weird that like the Brit Awards in 1997 at the height of Britpop is where Prince chose to you know turn <laughs> up on stage with Slave written on his cheek and sing Emancipation it's like such, a, such an odd venue that he kind of you know he went there but yeah you know uh, i don't know i just find it odd that prince kind of only performed it three times like it seems weird that this is you know like obviously it's meant to be something in the mold of purple rain it quotes purple rain and yet mm. he he only performed it three times and yet you know purple rain mm. was a song that he performed the most in his life it was like estimated yeah. there was like 250 performances of it so it's like oh you know it's it's so weird that like he after three he was like yeah i think i, I think people have got the message i'm free you know <laughs> It could be like again though, you know, this is Prince living in Prince World, and he is a guy who's constantly putting out new material. Maybe even he didn't even really think about it. He's just like, yeah, it's yeah, it's done. You know, I think I'm I'm moving on to other things. Like I've I've got the I got other songs I want to perform, and he's just like, ah, oh, yeah, they, they, like you said, it literally was like, yeah, they got the idea. Like that's that's fine. Like you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean I to me it's just it's so weird because it's like. You know, like he's he's built up to this album. He spent like almost a year promoting it. You know, over the top of, like you know, he gave up promotion on Gold. He he didn't talk about Chaos and Disorder at all. He put all those other albums aside and spent the year building up to Emancipation. This is the title track. We finish with it, and then he just, like three months later, he he performs it for the last time, and he never performs it again. And it's like mm. I don't quite know what happened there <laughs> i kind of like that though because that like, gives it like a little bit of a mystique it's like oh yeah that's right it's this, this big song but he doesn't he doesn't perform it that often it's like that's a i don't know it just lends a kind of like a weird coolness to it to me it's like yeah that's just like one of this big tune but it's like it's almost like a special it's like you don't you don't bring that one out of the box too many times um I, the thing is with prince though once sometimes once he'd perform stuff at like an award show and there was effectively like a definitive version out there he did just stop performing those songs live. He's like, you know, you've seen it. You know, it's been broadcast to millions. I don't need to do it again. Like, yeah, I got, I got like four hundred of the songs going on in my back catalogue. Let's bring one or two of those out. <laughs> For me personally, I would say, uh, you know, uh, I'd, I mean, I'd say four, four and a half out of five. Like, I feel like it's a really good way to finish the album. I don't. I, I personally think that uh, "Friend, Lover, Sister, Mother, Wife," which is the, you know, the climax of the second disc, is. You know, as I said, it's a five out of five. 
and I think that probably is the stronger finish in terms of the three discs. Um, so you know, I, that's why I can't give this a five because I just don't feel it's on the same level as as that song. That song is you know is an epic song, whereas this song yeah. feels a little kind of it feels like a, kind of a, an abbreviated version of what Prince really wants to do. You know, he kind of wants the you know the maybe the kind of the back and forth of the crowd saying emancipation, you know, and uh, free to <laughs> free to what I want to be, but he just doesn't have the time to kind <laughs> he's, of. He's just desperate for like. Like at that '97 Brit Awards, just Billy Sparks is just standing at the back, again, just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's done. Nodding nod nod his again. approval, I'm yeah. doing it again. Then. Yeah, he's 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 won one more time with a ballad. I would say maybe four, four and a half ish, but like, I just don't feel it can be a five because I, I think there's there's a couple of other songs on this album that are like a, would be a stronger finish. I feel even if it if this album had finished on the Love We Make, which is the previous track, that would have been a stronger finish to the album. Um, so this feels like a bit of a kind of it feels like a weird kind of coda to me instead of feeling like the centerpiece like I feel like we should have been building up to this you know if you listen to Purple Rain you not only are you getting Purple Rain but you get the eight songs that kind of lead up to it and it feels like that album yeah. is sequenced perfectly to build up to the payoff of Purple Rain yeah um, I, w- I would agree with all that like I think it is like for a, a song that's been built up to over like the course of three discs um that does seem like it should be like friggin' world stoppingly epic <laughs> where it is but it just isn't quite that because even yeah purple rain as a track even with the way it starts it has a kind of very commanding instantly grabs you kind of presence and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and then just goes on into this you know raging guitar solo and stuff whereas this is like yeah it starts off and it's a good tune and stuff but it's sort of it does what it does and then it goes yeah because it's very sort of like this could have been the middle of the album track Kinda like yeah, and they, yeah. You know, for all the reasons you've already said. So yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, so I feel like we've said about as much as we can about this and uh, you know the entire album. I don't think anyone has you know covered Emancipation more comprehensively um, than I have <laughs> in the last thirty six days. Anyway, we have like another two hundred and something songs to cover after this you know, glorious, uh, you know, victory that Prince has won. So I guess in some ways, you know, he still won because. You know, he spent the rest of his life recording and releasing whatever he wanted. Um, you know, he was unconstrained at that point. Um, and then eventually, you know, for his last few albums, he actually returned to Warner Brothers and it was on his terms. You know, it kind of has a happy ending. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Yeah, I'll just plug uh, Bat Minute again. That's my podcast that I co-host with John Parker, who's also been on this show, uh, where we talk about the Batman movies from 1989 up to ni- up to and including 1997. Uh, we're not covering the Nolan trilogy because someone else is doing that. So um, we've uh, already got all of the 1989 Batman film out. So if anyone's interested, the entire movie is out there to digest. Darren, you appear at one point to guest to talk about Scandalous uh, during the end credits. And uh, yeah, we should be starting on uh, Batman Returns. Hopefully, should be out by September. I hope. And uh, in the meantime, we have some hiatus episodes. That focus on the movies that Prince made. So we've got episodes about Purple Rain, Under the Cherry Moon, and Graffiti Bridge, which is something. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that should be all. If it's not out already, it'll be coming out very soon. So uh, yeah, go just Google Google Bat Minutes podcast, and you should get us because there some somewhere 
should be the first one, I would hope, but uh, we'll definitely be around. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure we would, at PrinceTrapByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks, Mr. Wolf, for being my guest here, Niall. Oh, thank you for having me again, Darren, and any time. And otherwise, we're free. Don't think we Don't think I ain't.